So, Faye, what are we talking about on Netflix this week? Uh, no comment. Okay. Molly, do you know what show we're covering? No comment. Can either of you say anything other than no comment? No comment. No comment. Okay. Well, thankfully, <laughs> I'm kind of getting the gist anyway. We're here to talk to you about Criminal, Netflix's newest procedural drama, where you've guessed it, interrogation is key. With a star-studded cast and plenty of insider gossip to share with you, stay tuned for a jam-packed show. Marty Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself! Charlie, what are you oh, doing? The noise down. What are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Take the word you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? So I'm here with Molly Mitchell and Faye Watson. Hello guys. Hello. Hello. And I'm Helen Daly. We're here to talk to you about Criminal, a new and extremely unique show to hit Netflix today. So, Faye, what's it all about? Well, Criminal is essentially a police interrogation drama with a little bit of a twist. It kind of follows three different separate interrogations and three separate cases, all with the same police team. That's in the UK version anyway. And in each one, we follow the characters as they try and get a confession out of the people they're interviewing. Um, it's a bit difficult to explain, so I'm going to refer to Netflix at this point, um, and they describe it as, Criminal is a police procedural with a unique premise. It takes place exclusively within the confines of a police interview suite. This stripped-down cat-and-mouse drama will focus on the intense mental conflict between the police officer and the suspect in question. Interesting. So it is quite an unusual format, both in terms of the way it's filmed and how the series shapes up as a whole. So for those who don't know, three episodes are set in the UK, uh, with the same team, three are in France, again with the same team, three in Germany and three in Spain. Did any of you guys watch any of the other ones? We've all seen the UK ones, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've watched all the UK ones, um, and then I watched a little bit of the French and German ones as well. I haven't ventured into Spain yet. I'm saving myself. <laughs> yeah. Save it for your holidays. <laughs> yeah, I started the Spanish one, but didn't, didn't really get that far. Oh, but yeah. yeah, but Spain do it so well, like Netflix stuff really well, so That's I think Spain good. will be the best. Mm. After yeah. UK, <laughs> no bias. Yeah. So um, what I kind of really struck me about them is the kind of different ways they use the same set because they're all set in the same kind of police interrogation suite. They use the same set for each different one, but they have different kind of creativities behind it, different cast, different crew, um, and they all kind of use it a little bit differently. Um, so, for example, I was looking at the German one. And the first episode kind of starts where he's going in for a witness statement and then finds himself in interrogation. While the French one is a bit different and opens um, with an episode about the Bataclan terrorist attacks. And the suspect they're investigating is like being asked if she's lying about being at the attacks. It's a really interesting premise. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of what makes it so good is that it's so contemporary. And I feel like with crime dramas, they can be about like historical cases and so forth. But it's usually like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But something like this just makes it like really fresh. And especially for a French audience, it's so present in like the minds of French people. Really big case. Yeah, so it's really interesting how they do it. Um, and I also think the kind of interesting part is how they all use the space a bit differently. Because they'd use the kind of interrogation room the same way. But I noticed in the French and German versions that they kind of use that corridor a little bit more. Ah. And they go to the window a bit more. You can kind of hear the outside world a bit and it makes it a little bit less claustrophobic and a bit more kind of in the moment and in that like time frame and that setting, which I think is quite interesting because the UK one doesn't really do that that much. Yeah, the UK one's quite claustrophobic. Why do you think it's different? 
I don't know. I don't know. There's the scene where I think it's the air conditioning coming on and they all look oh. up. Yeah. Oh, I felt quite sick watching it because yeah. the camera like panned and you can see the whole room. I don't, yeah. It's it like fly on the wall very much, yeah. really. It is. I, I liked it, but... And then when they broke out into the corridor, the corridor was so dark. Mm. And the, yeah. the other room, like, behind the mirror was also very dark. Yeah, and I was like, where is the light? It was really yeah. dark, the UK version, whereas, like, the other ones, they're kind of set in the day. And I, that made such a difference to the kind of feel of it, I thought. I, I don't think they're any worse. It's just kind of interesting yeah. how they differ. Am I right in thinking it was also seasonally different? So the UK's was around Christmas. Christmas yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, top two. <laughs> <laughs> the inside track. <laughs> So I spoke to the creators, Jim Field Smith and George Kerr, about why they wanted to film a show like this across different countries. And it seems that the method has some excellent reasoning behind it. I've written a monologue for Channel 4, this is a while back, and I'd love the constraints of that. And then I was looking to kind of expand it and find what other kind of contained environments or uh, TV grammar could I use to, 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 to create another uh, a script. Um, and around that time, Jim and I have always loved kind of... Uh, true crime and, and, and crime shows and that kind of thing and I saw this interview with uh, a guy accused of murder uh, on ITV and it was the journalist interviewing this man um, and it was kind of peak time midweek um, news program and I realised after about half an hour that I'd just been watching this interview with this guy and I changed my mind about whether or not he was guilty about two or three times and, and really the news program had not cut away much from this interview and at that point I thought, well, there's a whole show here in, um, in this moment because this really quite respectable man, uh, at times I was convinced because of the way he was being too friendly, he must be guilty, or if he was being, um, uh, uh, you know, or the reverse. So, um, and then we kind of, uh, I did the script and we got chatting and then we mapped out a kind of vision for doing a whole show set in what we ended up deciding was three rooms because um, one room would have been just too crazy I think and, uh, and then, but, but we have this really neat situation where we've got the action going on in the, in the interview room and then the sort of irony going on in the uh, observation room and then there's the corridor that links the two and that's, there's a little rule associated with that space which is that we always made the rule that um, that's where characters tell the truth because you could be lying to your colleagues at work just as much as you could be lying to the police that are interviewing you. So where is the space where there is a kind of rudder for us in terms of truth and lies? So that kind of unofficially became a nice place for everyone to breathe, to talk honestly. But yeah, the, idea is, the idea is for it to be really contained and really almost like the, the sort of going slightly against the, the trend of the time. You know, Both of us have worked on pretty involved shows, film and TV, films and TV shows, and... We, what was partly appealing was the simplicity of it and and I think that's it, you know sort of Netflix sort of saw that potential in it but then also saw this kind of potential this international potential for it you know so you take a show that is you know from a from a sort of on a practical level is, is quite simple but is ambitious in, in in ways that you might not expect you know just because it's quote unquote small and set in three rooms it doesn't have to be a small show you know the quality of the writing performances the casting the international talent we were able to to bring onto the show in the other territories and just the fact that we're making this show in four different territories simultaneously which has never never been done before that was like 
you know, starting from what George has described, which is this very small, simple, contained idea, but executing it in this incredibly am- ambitious way has been that's been a real, yeah, real learning curve for us. But yeah. And why did you choose to also, you know, involve the other three countries with it? Well, I, I think sort of precisely for what I just said, like the idea was. We could have made this show, in, you know, as a as a UK drama, and that would have been great. But I think one one of the real strengths of this show has been in its in its breadth, you know, and, and to be able to collaborate with all these different um, filmmakers in these different countries and actors, and you know, George and I were learning how to make the show as we went along, as you always do when you make something for the first time. You're, you know, you can you can set out with a vision, and you can have all these sort of rules in your head and all these wishes and dreams. But it's not really until you start involving other people, and the, and the creative process, you know, inevitably requires other people to um, to push and pull with you to find what the idea is. And um, we were just so lucky to work with these amazing writers um, across these four countries, well, across these three other countries, that kind of forced us to make the best possible show we could and tested us. And you know, they would come to us and say, "Oh, we want to do this story," and we go, oh, "That's amazing." Um, but you know, have you thought about this? And, and and you can't do this, or you can do that, and and um, that I think has led to a um, uh, is this the right way around for I think the greater than the sum of its parts type situation where where we hope people will watch all of it, of course. But I think even if you just watch the UK episodes, they've benefited from us having made all of them. Safae, what else is pretty unusual about this very unique drama? Yeah, well, I think we've kind of mentioned it a bit, but the, probably the most unusual part is that it's all set in those three rooms, the interrogation room, the kind of mirrored area behind the mirror where they're watching, and also the corridor in between. Um, and as we were saying, it makes it so claustrophobic, like you feel very tense watching it. It's not one you're going to watch while doing something else. It's something you kind of strap in and then like see what happens. Um, and it also makes like the interrogation very tense, like with the twists and turns. I'm thinking especially of that first one, the David Tennant one, like the kind of journey you go on when they find out more information. It is so heightened by being in that little room with just the beeping noises of the recording and the people on the other side and the breathing. It, it makes it so, so good. Um, and also another thing about that format is how each of the interviews begin like at a different point in the clock countdown. Um, so I'm thinking of the UK version where they kind of change the dynamics of the interrogation. Like that David Tennant one begins like right near the end of the time they can hold him for. So that's a really interesting format wise as well. And Molly, just to bring you in here, what did you make of the format? I liked it, but um, yeah, claustrophobic. Um, I wanted to know what was going on behind the wall. And then even though they do introduce you to that bit, when they introduce you to that, it's the other, like, the staff talking about kind of normal everyday lives, which is interesting enough. But then, yeah, no, I liked it. Um, my favourite bit was, not favourite bit, but the, for the, the first, like, five minutes of the opening scene is just David Tennant sitting there. Mm. Mm. And, and it's he's the most so in, uncomfortable. Yeah, and he's just yep. staring right at you. And the only words he says is no comment. But I think it's interesting how you can hear the interrogation still going on behind him. So you, you kind of feel like you can see them anyway. But... 
No, I don't know. I, I liked it. I did like it. I just felt quite claustrophobic, yeah, as, yeah, as we keep definitely. saying. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> it is, though. And, and one of the things that really does isolate you as a viewer is that you really don't know what's going on. You have mm-hmm. to sit and watch it and work out the case. So with the David Tennant one, you have no idea the intricacies of the case. You don't know what he's even in that room for, let alone, you know, if he's guilty or not. You have no idea. And I think for me, that kind of left me feeling really left out of it. And I wanted yeah. to be a part of it. And I had to like kind of fight to be a part of it. It didn't give me anything easily. Also, yeah. like, and the, also the David Tennant one. The, the I'm sensing a theme. Model. I know. <laughs> I have a David Tennant fan. Got the character's name now. The the, inter- the investigator that takes over. Got his name. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll oh, come back to me. Um, but the camera pans to he's telling um Edgar David Tennant's character that the cameras are watching him, and then he turns around and points us to one that the do- his daughter calls a selfie camera. I thought that was so good. And then yeah. it like shows you what you would see in like a police courtroom, like the ev- the, vi- like the videotapes they'd play. Yeah. It felt really real. I was, I was a bit, yeah, bit too I close love, to home. I love that bit too. Yeah. Like the kind of seeing the camera version from like that kind of grainy footage mm. that you are kind of used to seeing with real interrogations yeah. and confessions. Paul, games. that's his name. Paul. 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 Yeah. Paul good, old Paul. good old Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Molly, we have kind of touched upon it already. The cast is unbelievable. Yes. Who is in it? <laughs> okay, well, mainly I was focused on UK cast. Um, yeah. So it's like a blend of like lead characters mixed with like supporting kind of roles. Um, so David Tennant, Hayley Atwell and Yusuf Kerker. Not sure how to pronounce that. Um, and then the supporting cast of Nicholas Pinnock, Rashenda Sandal, Catherine Kelly and a wide like a range of people that you recognise but you don't you don't know who they are. I had to try Google them, like try find the cast list, like, but you do recognize everybody that's in it from something. Mm. Um, yeah, so each individual case like leads, so the, the um, person being questioned leads like, each episode. So first episode's David Tennant, uh, second one's Hayley Atwell, and the third one's Yusuf. Um, so yeah, um, it was quite frustrating because the episodes are only like 45 minutes to an yeah, hour, somewhere like they kind that. of vary. Yeah, so I felt you always wanted to find out more about each, um, like, each person, even the, the kind of background people wanted to know what their jobs were because you never find out really apart from the interrogators. So yeah, um, I always wanted to know more. I feel like especially the episodes could be a whole story, a whole series in themselves. Like they're yeah. so interesting. That's one of the yeah. things that really, really stood out to me is that you don't know anything about anyone. So even this cast that you're with, you know, led by Catherine Kelly of the, the police team, you kind of drip fed little bits about their lives yeah. and we won't spoil too much about the big twist at the end where you actually yeah. find out something about someone. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, they tease tiny little bits, you know, um, at the end of episode one, Lee Ingleby's character goes to give Catherine Kelly's character a present mm-hmm. and he's too shy and he like backs out of it and he can't do it anymore because she's gone home. And then you're like, oh, okay, so what's that relationship? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't tell you. And I think that's kind of one of the beauties of it, really. And also the most frustrating parts as well. Because then I also think as well that it it was very much, I was believable. Yeah. It felt like, not um, not like our office is like a police interrogation (laughs) thing, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you'd have those those conversations with like, if you're going for like drinks after work and they're all talking about like getting a table booked at the pub. Like that's a conversation that we have every, every day, mostly every day. But (laughs) you know what I mean? It felt very believable. I didn't feel like I was watching something that was like so far away from me. It's totally fly on the wall. You just pick these guys up and then you drop them and then that's it. Like you don't learn what's happened in the interim between cases. You just learn that they're doing a case now. That's it. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think as well, like the kind of mundane bits of it as well, like 
we were watching this like tense interrogation being like oh my god this horrific crimes happened and they're like oh yeah did you book the table at the Thai restaurant yeah and you're like oh okay it, it kind of adds like a level of like realism to it that I really enjoyed as well mm, the creators Jim and George when I spoke to them you know they did spill about why they wanted to film it that way just dropping little bits um, of information and then not actually expanding on anything you know one of the reasons they said was tiny things are their big helicopter crashes um, so you'll hear that now. So we've lent into like, well, where's our drama coming from? And we can't, you know, when you've got a show that's set in one's face, you can't come out, you can't come out of the traps, all guns blazing. So we try to go the other way and say, well, no, it's going to be incredibly contained. It's going to be incredibly intense. And every single detail, everything, we always say that on, on the show, everything happens for a reason, nothing without a reason. So what someone's wearing, what type of pen the lawyer is using, what type of, uh, how someone's breathing, when someone shifts in their chair, that, that's, our, that's our helicopter exploding, essentially, you know, David Tennant putting his jumper back on tells you something about how he's feeling. Yeah. Uh, and those are, our, those are our big dramatic moments. And so we wanted to trust that the viewer is going to be drawn in and leaning into the episode, leaning forward into the episode. And so we we ran with those details and, and tried not to have episodes, not, to, not tried not to create drama within the space, if that makes sense. Tried, tried not to artificially create Because also, that's not how police interviews go. But also, there's, um, there's the police private lives. And that's really small and low-key as well. So I think you've all seen the first episode Lee, or um, Myerskoff, uh, the character Myerskoff, wants to get the right result with David Tennant, but he also wants to get the right result with that present that he's brought. And so it's just about finding that point, because we all have jobs, we all take them seriously, we all try really hard, but we've also got pressures at home or in our personal lives that kind of interfere with our day. And it's just about bringing these huge crimes into a small space where everyday lives are going on in the next room and you're just trying to strike a work-life balance, you know. Mm. So all of that felt really new and, uh, and different. And because we are just stuck in this one spot, if you're trying to give your uh, someone you like a, a present or a gift or something and they go home early, they've gone. That's the end. They've left the show, right? <laughs> they have to wait for the next day. And then yeah. so it's just about scale as well. Um, also relatability, yeah, relatability of the characters. You know, again, in, in, in a in a more traditional uh, sort of um, uh, location-based crime drama, that the characters are often being pushed to bigger extremes in terms of where they're coming from, because um, uh, that helps propel things forward. But we we just revelled in we revelled in the the small. So we revelled in, as George was just saying, with with. With, with Lee Ingleby's character Myerscope, it's about should I give her that present or not? And that I know it seems so minor, but within the show, it hopefully feels big because you understand the context of it. But also, we wanted to not have our cops or our, our suspects be for sort of fantastical characters. We wanted the you know cops in the UK, particularly. Of course, they're just regular people. That's you know they they. they they're, they're you know well-educated, well-trained people, but they're just regular people. They have stuff going on at home. They have the same concerns that we all do. Um, they're not they're not superheroes. You know they don't, they don't exist on some on some other plane, and they're also not infallible. Um, and so we wanted to reflect that, and we also wanted to reflect 
the suspects not being these sort of binary oh this this guy's evil we wanted people that is someone that you see out and about or, or someone that elements of it you see it yourself in that person and you say well obviously I've not gone to that degree but I can see I wonder how I would behave in that situation or how I would feel if these accusations were being levelled at me if, if I was innocent and so that's really important to the show because we, we don't have anywhere else to go like it's just you, you have to feel a connection with the people because we don't have the fantasy element that you, could, that you can introduce in a, in a different type of show so Molly, tell us about episode one. So episode one, I'm torn between episode one and episode two being my favourite because I'm a huge David Tennant fan. You but, haven't mentioned it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think episode one is the darkest episode. Um, I won't spoil too much about it, but it takes, you think you think everything's okay and that you believe them and then there's just this massive twist that you don't really see coming. But um, David Tennant is obviously incredible um, and he's like no stranger to like interesting roles like Good Omens. Broadchurch, Jessica Jones, and then Mary Queen of Scots. Um, but I think it's interesting because everyone knows David Tennant, obviously, for Doctor Who as well. And then Broadchurch was massive, where he was the detective. And now this time, he's on the other side of it. Um, so I, I always wonder what that would have been like for him to take on a different role. Um, yeah, so he's accused of raping and murdering his teenage stepdaughter. Um, and it's really frustrating because he just says no comment for the first, like, I don't know, half an hour. Yeah. Refuses yeah, to speak and the <laughs> clock yeah. is counting down and they have... By the end, they have 45 minutes. So it's something yeah, crazy like, like that. Three minutes left. Yeah, it's and crazy. Um, everything takes a big twist then. Um, won't spoil it. Um, and there was a bit where he's shown a photo of her and that just freaked me out so much because it's either he, you don't know if he's looking, can't look at it because he like can't stand the fact that she's like dead and he's like grieving or if there's something more sinister behind it. Um, yeah, I think his whole performance like holds a room um, and I think his interactions with the two interviewers... So Tony, who's played by Lee Ingleby, he's been in Luther, Line of Duty, and The A Word. He kind of leads the whole thing at first. Um, there's Hugo is also in it, who we come to later. Then he gets swapped for um, Nicholas Pinnock, who plays Paul, who like takes over the whole interview. And there's a weird like he he like there's a weird emotional thing behind it. And there's a whole scene where he stares him out, and the lawyer has to come in and be like, "What is this about?" Which I thought was quite weird and yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to know more about Paul's character, the character of Paul, because yeah. he kind of, that was a whole weird dynamic between Edgar and Paul. So yeah, but um, yeah, so he's known for being in Marcella and uh, Top Boy season one. Oh, brilliant. Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, Paul was one of the most interesting guys. Yeah. The yeah. way that we won't say anything, but that last line that he has at the end of episode one, <gasps> I literally screamed. I was, I was like, <laughs> yes, this is it. Like, what a clever script. I was in then. I was really, really into yeah. it. Um. Faye, did you have any particularly strong inputs for this? Episode? Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I completely agree. I think that it's a hell of a performance from David Tennant. It kind of, I don't know if it kind of sets up the rest of the series a little bit toughly because you have such a cracker of an opening episode yeah. that I'm kind of always wanting to go back to that case and what happened. Yeah. And like, and they do like drop a little hint like in the second episode, um, but it's not enough. I want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what happened. I want a whole series, like you said, Molly. <laughs> I know. I think the David Tennant case, well, Edgar, I keep, well, keep acting David Tennant. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Dr. Edgar Fallon's case yeah. um, could be a whole series in itself. Mm. But I also quite like that it's not. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no flashbacks. There's no... Yeah, you just get what you're oh, given. I also like that you hear his wife, ex-wife, wife's, like her voice comes in through statements, mm. which I think is quite, makes mm. it... That's it. Nothing is ever kind of phony about it. It's yeah. just 
they're bringing the ex-wife or a wife statement in because they need to. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so episode two was quite different. So different. I, I think this one's my favourite one. You've um, just decided Yeah, that. <laughs> I think. It was an all-female episode. Yeah, Apart from the lawyer who is really young and it seems like they're just kind of ignoring him. I felt mm. like they just knew that they were ahead of him. So it's an all-female episode um, starring Hayley Atwell. She is the one, she's the accused, I would say. Um, and they're in, she's been interrogated by uh, Rashenda Sandal, who's been in, um, last seen in Line of Duty. Yeah. And uh, Catherine Kelly, um, who's best known as being uh, Coronation Street's uh, Becky McDonald. And she's Natalie, and she's the head of the police team. And she comes in. It's kind of her um, interview interview I guess she is kind of leading the whole thing Rashenda Sandal is there as Vanessa but I feel like she doesn't really say much her face says everything for her she doesn't actually speak as much um I started off really funny I thought Hayley Atwell was hilarious at first I was like thought she was channeling like Catherine Tate and vibes of like am I bothered sort of thing (laughs) and then it just takes the darkest turn it's really sad as well and she's always seen for um like kind of period dramas and like kind of Marvel superhero films and then now she's in this weird like role of being the most like upset and like messed up human yeah. being it's it's really I thought it was a really good performance from her and it's my favorite thing I've seen her in in a long time so yeah one thing yeah. I will say is that I, I, you know Catherine Kelly's really coming into her own you know she's had was it Liar um that was on uh ITV yes yeah, yeah she was in that she was brilliant in that She's fantastic in Criminal. She really, really leads that team, but she's never she doesn't she never goes too far with it. You know, she leads them really well. Yeah. And I think in this episode, she's just wonderful. She's she just passionate. balances her emotions yeah. so well in it. Yeah. She is so good. And us, I couldn't yeah. work out whose side she was on as well. Mm. I was like, yeah. is she on Haley's side? Oh, Stacey, that's who Haley plays, Stacey. Or is she just yeah. in it to obviously do her job and... It was really wicked, yeah. I know what you mean. And also, I really loved her in the first episode when they're kind of like interrogating Edgar, um, and then two of them go guilty, guilty, and she goes innocent. Mm-hmm. I just think she's such like a nuanced character. Yeah. And she leans back with the food in her, and she starts eating. And she's like yeah. so chilled yeah, out. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's just you can tell she's so clever. And I, yeah, she's brilliant in this. She's, she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I thought episode three was the darkest. I know we're having different mm. opinions on this one, but um. Yeah, what what happens in episode three without spoiling anything? Um, so Yusuf uh, Kerker is the actor. He plays Jay. Um, Jay is a lorry driver um, who's been accused of abandoning his truck full of Syrian refugees. Um, and the story of the line is just so relevant. And like t- today, it's, it's really close to home. I think mm. it's a bit, it's very like brave. Netflix is always very brave, but it's very brave of Netflix to like take on. Um, yeah, and Yusuf is best known for playing Sammy in Channel 4's Home, and he's had roles in Night Flyers, Marcella, and Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, but he, I think, has the story is like obviously the big story, but I think his character takes a back seat, and then the story becomes in a shock twist about one of the staff members called Hugo, um, who's played by Mark Stanley, uh, best known for being Gren in Game of Thrones. Thrones. That's who he was. Yes. <laughs> Gren. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Took me ages to figure it out, but I got Thank there. Thank you. Yeah. And right now he's Lord Babington in ITV Sand- Sanditon. Oh, Jane, yeah, Jane Austen. Um, yeah, so I wish I knew more, more about Jay, though. Mm. I kind of yeah. feel like it, it was so weird because he felt sorry for him. It's I not think. massively about him. Yeah, it's not about him, and I want to know more about his what happened to him and yeah. what he did and what the consequences of it are going to be but 
Yeah, I think it's a good performance from him though. He's yeah. like so much emotion For in someone like not the to list that he has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can definitely feel it, especially when he's talking a and bit more about his family and stuff. Yeah, mm. and when Hu- there's when Hugo makes his big revelation, um, the as the camera goes on to like um Jay's face and it's just his eyes are like water and you can see like yeah. the, his eyes are just filling up and it stays there for about five minutes or something like that. It's yeah, I just kind of wish you got to know more. And that's the whole part about the series. Yeah. Like you, you're always <laughs> left wanting to know more. So, so they obviously do it very well. Yeah, exactly. I think it was one of the more powerful episodes, really, just for the silences in it and the so silent combined, combined <laughs> them with the twists. Like it just hits really hard. And I was just yeah. sitting there. I remember I was trying to have a coffee and I was sitting watching the episode and I just was like sitting, not moving my cup at all. Didn't take a sip yeah. at all because I was just so gripped by this yeah. episode. I just completely. didn't see the Hugo thing coming. I, yeah. I don't know if I was yeah, being silly. I know what you mean. And then it's when they were talking about it behind the glass. I couldn't keep up with who they were even talking about at first. I had to yeah. go back and I was like, who are And they? then you're like, of course. Oh, who are they referring to? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to think back. Oh, you've seen that in episode one and then episode two and that, oh, now it makes mm. sense. Which I think is the whole good thing about the series is that even though the cases are different and then but the backstory is always the same. Or like yeah, continues kind of on, which is a bit different for like an anthology series. Like there's a, there's one like there's a few lines that keep it all together, but each big story is different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I was actually really lucky to speak to Catherine Kelly, Rashenda Sandal, and Lee Ingleby about the unusual format and what it was like working with their fellow cast members so closely. Uh, why? What drew you to this project? Because it's such an exciting and kind of innovative television idea when I was watching it I thought I'd never seen anything like this before is that kind of what drew you to it could you talk a bit about that okay yeah this for me it was the script it's always is the script but this one was um yeah like reading a novel it was such a page turner um uh yeah, script is king, I think. <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, just the opportunity to have the dialogue that you do and the run mm. of the scene. Yeah. It, it is a bit like a play, it sounds like a cliche, but it, yeah. it, it, it is, you know. And, the, and when, when Jim and George had sort of described how, we were, how it was going to be, filming of it, mm. again, it was, just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just character and, yeah, yeah. Drama, allowed, dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. You know, if that isn't good, kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah there's, worked. A, there's a real responsibility, you know, in, in lots of shows, especially um, big shiny shows. You know, what what you your part in it is really quite small, one, especially with all the post production and things like that. But actually, this this is sort of old. I suppose a bit more. Well, the way the the pressure is on you and the responsibility is on you, and I think all actors relish that. Actually, yeah, I certainly yeah. do, and it's you sort of yeah live by the sword. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big challenge, and also the um, potential for it to grow. And uh, I mean, it's the, the the possibilities are kind of endless with this show, which is very attractive as well as a as, as a piece, because we forget on this small little island that lots of people watch Netflix everywhere all around the world. So it's like very interesting to be part of something that um, could divulge into all of that, like Asia continents, mm-hmm. African continents, things mm-hmm. like that. It could be massive, you know. So it's great. It's great. And the risk of repeating ourselves, but it. it you know, you you've got something that you only gain the information of what's happening yeah. as you're watching it. You know, you don't have any uh, pre-story or you know history or anything like that. It's all the, mm. the cases, the cases it's happening, and 
you might discuss it in the observation room, but apart from that, mm. the audience is learning as it's happening. If mm. You know, so Wait. it's up to you to to decide what's going on with this criminal. So what? Is everyone's final thoughts on this? You know, because it, it is very, very unusual, but I think we all love it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> do we want some more of it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. I think um, I think it's just so interesting because we haven't really seen anything like this before, especially with that format across different countries. And I think Netflix is kind of using its power for good, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, it has such a broad reach over all of these different countries. So to be producing, like, content like this and in such an interesting way I think is a really great thing and I definitely want more I definitely want to know what happens next what is the dynamic between these people I think I was reading as well that Rashinda Sandel said something about the potential of like crossing over with the different yeah in different countries which I think would be an interesting I hope people watch the French German and Spanish ones mm-hmm. I think I hope it's just and the same like vice versa I hope the German like viewers will watch the UK one and yeah definitely yeah because I think it's I think it's so good it's an international drama and not like so focused like it's so good it's it feels like we can relate to it or not relate to it but we can understand it but for it to be on such a global scale is even more interesting it's really good because it, it does work as just you know three episodes mm-hmm. standalone of the uk series but then you can also watch the others as almost separate to it completely it's the only thing they share is the set that's it <laughs> um and i thought for me, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like the most gripping thing I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, police procedurals are having like such a moment right now. And, Definitely. you know, how can you ignore the, the power of them? And this stripping it back completely, as I thought, just a, such an, a refreshing take on, on the genre. And thankfully, the gang are all completely up for more episodes. Woo! Should they happen? <laughs> oh, that'd be um, so good. You yeah. can't predict how yeah, well something's going to go down with an audience. You can only go on if you think it's good, and you know. And actually, for us, you can only really go on the script because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen afterwards. Yeah. But I've stopped trying to predict know, what the audience are going to think of something. Yes. It never goes the way. I mean, it definitely think. could, and mm-hmm. we could, hope. I mean, you could go so. anywhere with it. That's the thing. Just to, yeah, it just depends whether or not people like it. And it's not just us that we've got to worry about because it's all the other countries. Different countries, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just don't know. It might be really successful in Spain and they've got like a massive <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, we'll get, tra- we'll get yeah. flipped. Yeah. 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 24 episodes yeah. next season. We just do another three. <laughs> I doubt I think it's really unique though. I mean, there's so much to choose from on TV and that's definitely how I, I shop on telly yeah. for the new shows. It's kind of a punk shows. though when you think about it, isn't it? You know, you're going to create a yeah. drama which is just, well, it's more than just people talking, but essentially it's just, yeah, just people yeah. talking mm-hmm. and you don't go venture outside of that mm-hmm. floor. It's all limited to two minutes, really, so, um, you know. It's very brave. It's, uh, <laughs> it's brave storytelling and I think what it does is it really complements the audience, actually. It's, a, you know, mm. it's... Um, it's a play of the day, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. In that, that kind of way yeah. where you sort of... It's nothing you know. sort of like... It's not easy listening. It's yeah, they like have that. to work it out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not yeah. patronising to the audience at yeah. all. It's not kind of like guided or anything they decide, which is... Yeah. Right. Obviously, crime dramas are having such a moment right now. What's your kind of top tips? Um, well, Mindhunter is the best show ever. Yes. Um, <laughs> season one over season two. Oh, so really? I think, oh, yeah. we're about to have a lot of money. 
Um, but I think the best bit of mind hunter for me is always those interrogation rooms when they're in the room with the serial killers and they are so tense. And I think that what makes that show so great is that they give that like the time and they like let it kind of evolve over like 10 minute stretches and stuff. So I think maybe that's why I like Criminal so much because it's kind of taken the best bit of crime dramas and just like made a whole series of them. But yeah, Mindhunter is definitely... And it sits and lets it just stretch for a full episode. Exactly, the point of it. I could actually watch, like, it the same format with Mindhunter, I think, if, like, you had the same kind of hour-long thing and just focus on those interrogation rooms. Which is why I think Mindhunter season one was very interesting too, because there was more more of the question and there was more of that. Yeah, that's true. But season two was was really good. I won't take that away from (laughs) (laughs) you. But, I mean, the the creators themselves, as we heard earlier, you know, they, they... came up with this format by just watching an interview um, on like, I think it was ITV News, they said they just saw an interview being played out in full and they couldn't tear their eyes away from it and there was something there and that's how they came up with the interview uh, with Criminal and they decided just to not put anything else in because as I was going to move on to, my my pick is definitely Line of Duty, although it's not Netflix, it is on Netflix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, one of the best things about Line of Duty is it mixes the interviews with the action and the best thing about Criminal is that it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think they're like kind of sisters, but not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe half sisters, yeah. I think. Um, I know Jesse did that interrogation dr- scene from the final finale of season yeah. five. That was the most intense, like 45 minutes of my life. And how many people kicked off about it? Because yeah. they'd never seen it before. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it, but I did think it was very long. Whereas with Criminal, I don't think it's very long. I think it's because they cut out of it slightly the yeah. backstory of, I guess yeah. it's because you don't know with criminals so you have to keep yeah watching. you have to keep whereas with Line of yeah. Duty I was like somebody needs to reveal who's who's doing what <laughs> make <Yes>. the reveal <laughs> <laughs> but um, no Line of Duty I mean obviously half the cast from Line of Duty is in Criminal yeah. and it's just one of those shows that you everyone's talking about so you have to watch it if you've not seen it Molly do you have any favourite my current favourite is Unbelievable which just came out Friday last Friday 13th so that's the American, it's American, but um, it's about the true story of the rape of an 18-year-old woman who just wasn't believed about it. She was told to take her statement back. Um, she was painted really badly. But then it turns out um, two years down the line, um, there's women in Col- two detect- female detectives in Colorado who notice similarities and then they basically track down the whole thing. But they don't really see much of the interrogation. What's interesting about Unbelievable, it's the interrogation of the victim it's not the interrogation of yes. the mm. suspect the man the man who's found guilty of it that's not what's actually interesting it's how the victim was treated when she first reports the crime and is because he thinks she's lying so i thought that was a very interesting true story as well i've seen a lot of buzz about this it's very good i'm only i'm only halfway through but i know what ha- i know how it all ends is a true story so you look you can look it up yeah. and like which is the thing with criminal because it's completely fictional. Then that's true. You don't yeah. know. You can't spoil it. You can't spoil it. And, <laughs> mind, and with Mind Hunter as well, you also yeah, you can you, spoil you it, know definitely. you know what happens in the Atlanta child murders. Yeah, Google that, Charles Manson. But yeah, yeah, that's my favorite right now. I think if we're talking about kind of interrogation scenes and confession scenes, then we've got to give a shout out to When They See Us as well. Oh, my, I forgot about that. Of course. Oh my god. Of course. That was some of the most tense ones. I've okay, I take seen. it back. That's <laughs> when, when They See Us. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was amazing. Yeah, that was so good. And those scenes where they're interrogating those boys. Those children, just yeah. It's just a different level. Yeah. Of interrogation is. Yeah, exactly. Brutal. And the acting was yeah. crazy. Mm. Oh, the acting was so good. But yeah. Thanks for reminding us about yeah. that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I was so upset for days after that. I know. 
So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us to chat about criminal. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Faye, for your interesting and excellent work. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment, and tell your friends about us. And join in with the debate on Twitter at Netflix Pod, where we'll be teasing details of our next episode. And next week, we're going to be talking about The Politician, a highly anticipated comedy series from the mind of American horror story creator Ryan Murphy. With a huge cast, including Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Lang, will the show live up to expectations? And as ever, we'll have all the gossip and hottest news, theories and backstage information you absolutely cannot miss. So we'll see you next week. Bye.